Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 350 of the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet known as... Linux in the Ham Shack, and we have our short topic episode for you tonight, where we'll hit some of the news and some interesting stories in the worlds of amateur radio and open source, and then we'll combine the two in our Linux in the Ham Shack segment a little later on. And before we get too far, let's introduce the folks who'll be bringing this to you. I'm Russ K5TUX. I'm Cheryl W5MOO. And I'm Bill NE4RD. And I'm going to let Cheryl... Since she held us up tonight, (laughs) (laughs) deal with the lead topic for tonight. This is probably old news, but we want to make sure if you somehow don't know about this, that you know now. Yeah, we were actually discussing maybe trying to head down there this summer, but guess that's not going to happen. So our first topic is Huntsville Hamfest goes bye-bye. The Huntsville Hamfest Board of Directors has been monitoring fallout from the COVID-19 pandemic, particularly large gathering guidance and mandates from the CDC and the state of Alabama. As our world turned upside down in March, we held out hope that we could anticipate a bigger, or excuse me, a brighter picture in August for this Hamfest, including relaxation of social distancing guidelines and strict capacity limits on venues where hams could gather socially to see and buy new equipment, attend interesting forums, network with friends, and barter for used equipment. Excuse me. Unfortunately, this is not the case, and with deep sadness, the board has voted to cancel Huntsville Hamfest 2020. We make this decision for the safety of our visitors, vendors, and volunteers. We will be back and hope to see you back at the world's friendliest Hamfest on August 21st and 22nd, 2021. 73, Mark, N4BCD, Chairman, Huntsville Hamfest. And along those same lines, I just heard today that on those same dates this year, August 21st and 22nd, the Joplin Hamfest is still on mm. for right now. We'll see. <laughs> I kind of gather that Joplin's rules about stuff is a little lenient, more lenient. Well, perhaps and, so. And the, <laughs> according to our state governor, they're, they're saying that they're going to like release everything. All gates will be thrown open by like August 15th or something. So. So hopefully, yeah. Well, I guess we will find out, won't we? Sweet. So anyway, ham fests are going away. Some are here for the moment. We'll see how it goes. Uh, But anyway, moving on, we will hit some amateur radio topics. And the first one is amateur radio on the ISS in the United States has created a new organization, ARIS USA. In late May, the USA team of the ARIS International Working Group became an incorporated nonprofit entity 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 in the united in the united states of maryland all right give me some more to drink here 
in Maryland, officially becoming Eris USA. The move allows Eris USA to work as an independent organization soliciting grants and donations. They will continue promoting amateur radio and STEAM science, technology, engineering, arts, and math within... When, when did arts sneak in there? When was no, it's STEM? been in there for a while. It's uh, now STEAM. Okay. And within educational organizations and inspire, engage, and educate our next generation of space enthusiasts. Eris USA will maintain its collaborative work with Eris International, as well as with U.S. sponsors, partners, and interest groups. The main goal of Eris USA remains as connecting educational groups with opportunities to interact with astronauts aboard the ISS. Eris USA will expand its human spaceflight opportunities with the space agencies beyond low Earth orbit, starting with lunar opportunities, including the Lunar Gateway. Eris USA will continue to review and accept proposals for ISS contacts and expand its other educational opportunities to increase interest in space sciences and radio communications. And this story came from, as you might expect, Eris. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the international one, right? Sure. (laughs) uh yeah okay (laughs) aris.org somebody's saying we're overdriven now are we Uh, overdriven i don't know i don't know know either it would only be into the stream so it's fine yeah okay it sounded fine to me i I listened to it oh well maybe we're just talking loud because we're enthusiastic right now yeah Yeah, we're recording mode so we like amp up our voices and our closeness to the microphone because we want to get we we put on our radio voices so when we screw up it sounds more impressive (laughs) okay in my my formerly nicotine stained fingers here (laughs) (laughs) anyway um yeah so andres uh ha7ilm has announced the sdrh.hu project has been finished uh, He says, uh, I'd like to say a big thanks to everyone who's joined my journey with the project. I hope you had a good time listening on the site and learned some things about SDR. The purpose of the site was to provide a technological demonstration for amateur radio operators about software-defined radio, and I hope this goal has been reached. As this website was a one-person hobby project with my tasks and responsibilities growing, and my focus moving to other projects at which I hope to make a greater positive impact, I am unable to further develop SDR.hu and protect it from abuse. Furthermore, I think the site has some good alternatives now. Nevertheless, in my opinion, amateur radio receivers should be shared with strict access control in the future. If you have more questions, feel free to consult the FAQ or the FAQ. 73. And that's from QRZ now. Yeah, I noticed that the, the SDR.hu went to like a login, uh, project <laughs> at some point uh in the past few months or even maybe even longer but by the time i realized it i had to create an account to log in and stuff like that but yeah it's a shame it's uh it's going away but there are many other uh sites out there that are providing uh web sdrs available for people to hit so uh you just have to kind of look around now and uh get some of those links and go to those directions instead of going to sdrhu did you happen to cite some of those uh, alternative sites somewhere? Uh, he had it listed in the FAQ, uh, the FAQ. Oh, if it's in the FAQ, then we're linked to that, right? So that should be good enough. Yeah, there was uh, not the find. I I thought I saw another link before this one. So I'll look around for it. But um, obviously, I think what drew a lot of people here was the fact that all the open web 
Open Web RX. Is that what it is? Open Web RX. Open Web RX. <laughs> yeah, that software. Yes. Um, yeah, is is pretty awesome. <laughs> and uh, this is a great interface. And not all of them have that particular software. Um, of course, that's an open source project as well. So you can you can load that and run that and uh, expose it to to the interwebs. Um, but he did mention one link, and I'm I'm gonna have to go dig around for it while someone else reads the next story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next story looks like it might be Reddit based. Is it possible for Cheryl to read it? Or yeah, no, it's fine. Okay. Uh, oh, you want me to read it? Please. You... Yeah, okay. I'm working on the next episode. Oh, so. I see. Yeah, you're behind because you were on the phone. Uh... <laughs> All right. So anyway, moving on to the next story in our amateur radio topics for tonight, we have this being the last week for the 2020 State of the Hobby Survey. And this was written from someone else's perspective, not mine. So just bear with me. Greetings again, fellow operators. Today marks the beginning of the last week of the State of the Hobby Survey. So far, it's had a great response, and we already have surpassed all previous response rates. This does not mean we want to stop, however. So if you have not completed the survey, please consider doing so. Many within the community use this data as a benchmark, so having your voice represented is very important. This data will help us to better understand ways to make our community stronger, how to involve existing operators and support, and attract new ones. Those who speak up and stand up are an important group of people and typically represent those active in amateur radio. I invite everyone to be a part of that group. And a link to the Reddit story will be in the show notes, as well as the Radio State of the Hobby survey. There will be a link there as well, so please participate. I have already participated. So. I have, too, and we have run a story on that in the past. <laughs> <laughs> so it is not new news to us. Obviously, we went over that uh, that data in with regards to the ham radio relevancy. I believe it came up as a topic or an item to review. <clears throat> yes, I was back with uh, Josh, right? Yeah. Yes. Yep. All right. Very cool. So that brings us down to the bottom of our list of amateur radio topics, which means we're going to slide smoothly into open source and talk about something that's been in the news quite a bit lately. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'll read this since I, yeah, you got a job <laughs> really ugly thing. So yeah, this is a, uh, I ran across this. I can't remember where I actually ran across this cause I kind of started digging into it and, uh, and got distracted. <laughs> it's something shiny. So yeah, this is the uh, SpaceX API. And of course, uh, you know, with the, the recent launch of the uh, Dragon capsule and all that other good stuff, um, it's been in the news quite, uh, quite uh, obviously. <laughs> frequently, I think is the quite word. Frequently, yeah, I was looking for the right word. My brain was not uh, cooperating. Was there, yeah, I was staring at the words that I'm that are in front of me and I was not putting it together. Anyway, so yeah, this is a REST open this is open source REST API for rocket. <laughs> I have okay. I have an episode of my other podcast discussing the fact that I hate REST APIs. Well, I mean, you could have like a GraphQL or something like that, but <laughs> if you've ever wired one of those up, it's not quite as simple either but anyway open source rest api for rocket core capsule pad and launch data and that's available over on uh linked in the show notes web url <laughs> uh the nice part about it, it's a fully documented uh um api it's very similar to uh auto documentation that you get from uh, open api uh, where you can actually go through and every single thing is, uh, is, uh, annotated and you can hit, you know, I want to see what this looks like. 
<laughs> you can do gets on everything. Uh, it, uh, allows, um, it allows uh, no authentication, so you don't have to authenticate to actually hit the public API. A lot of people use this API to build their uh, news stories and everything else. Uh, they have uh, JSON field masking in the uh, payload, so it's a smaller JSON payload that can be used through this. Uh, they do have, uh, you know, implicit limits and offsets set up in the query string. So you don't just get like, Oh, I want every launch pad. <laughs> you know, it's not going to flood you full of data. So you can, uh, you can use that, uh, has some pretty printing in the UI. So you can see, uh, the JSON all formatted and not minified as you're, uh, navigating the document, the auto documented, uh, API. Uh, also, it's supposedly private because it doesn't log your IP address. Yeah, that's what they say, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, rate limited. So uh, there's an API rate limit of 50 requests per second per IP address. So yeah, uh, don't don't overhammer it. And of course, caching is all set up as well. So it looked really cool. It's all over on GitHub, so you can check it all out. The link uh, to that is in the show notes. And uh, I guess I'll probably have to read the next one, won't I, too? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I kind of found this on Reddit too. My, 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 my pool was into Reddit this time. So, uh, yeah, this is a, this is not really open source, but this is Creative Commons, so it's pretty close. It's uh, still available. Uh, guy on Reddit, uh, his name is uh, Anti Luod, Luod, Luod. I don't know. Uh, anti, Anti, uh, whatever. I, I'm not even going to try to that. But he's Anti Luod. Anti Luodi. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> He composes songs and releases them free under Creative Commons 3.0 by they are free for you to use in any way as long as you credit me, Auntie Luod. My music has been used in various games and vlogs and most notably travel videos of Kyle Lee. Uh, I am epileptic, so if you use my music and want to give me money, donate your local ep- donate to your local epilepsy foundation uh, work. Love, Auntie. Please do note I have a Bleeding vein in my brain, which has caused the quality to vary. So, um, anyway, uh, yeah, so he has released, uh, over 2000 instrumental pieces free under Creative Commons and links to that are in the Reddit thread. Some of it has been like, uh, throttle locked from Google and stuff like that because he hasn't posted on like Google shared, but he has, uh, uh, what is it? A sound click site or something like that. Try to remember, yeah, SoundClick site that you can go on and check out uh, all his songs and stuff like that there as well. So you can kind of get a nice little uh, preview of everything that's out there. But uh, I thought it was really cool, and I kind of kind of listened to a few of the pieces, and uh, yeah, you know, not too bad. So uh, good copy left music there. So uh, check that out. Uh, very cool. Sounds interesting. There's I was involved in a project a few years ago that was collecting like. Um, musical instruments and codecs and palettes and blah, 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 like anything open source having to do with music creation generation, uh, like, um, Ladsma plugins, things like that. And they had tons and tons of stuff and it was available by BitTorrent. So I'm going to see if I can dig that up because it might be relevant to this as well. Yeah. I think this is also, I think there's a torrent out for this as well. So. All right, cool. Find it many different ways. So if you're into collecting random <laughs> Creative Commons music for whatever, maybe your videos or what have you, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely check this out. And uh, hey, donate to the uh, Epilepsy Foundation. Yeah, sounds good. And moving on, we have a software package to talk about called Umbrella, an open source application with advice on how to manage your physical and digital safety at protests. 
interesting and strangely relevant. Digital security used to be for banks. Physical security used to be for bodyguards. Not anymore. We carry everything with us. Our work, our finances, our most private communications right in our pockets. We all know we should be more careful, but technology makes life convenient and security can feel like it's slowing us down. We founded security first because we get that. We also know you want to protect yourself and your team wherever you're going. So we're making it easy, designing tools and training with your needs in mind. We're passionate about what we do. Let us help you put security first. And the questions I ask and then answer for themselves are, what can I do with Umbrella? Lessons help you learn best practices from beginner to advance. Checklists make good advice easy to implement. Guides help you work with recommended security tools. The dashboard helps you track your progress. Feeds update you with security alerts from trusted sources like the UN Centers for Disease Control, Global Disaster Warning System, and U.S. State Department. Forms help you report incidents effectively. Encryption and passwords help ensure your information stays as secure as possible. And making functionality and integration with Ripple, a panic button from the Guardian Project, help you hide your security practices in an emergency. And that was masking, <laughs> not making. <laughs> oh, masking. <Sorry. laughs> Pesky little S. How did that yeah, sneak in yeah, there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, masking functionality and integration with Ripple, a panic button from the Guardian Project, help you hide your security practices in an emergency. So, there you go. This, of course, came from Reddit because Bill dug it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the software is uh, GPL v3. So, again, open source and copyleft. There you go. Very cool. So, do you have a use case for this? Did you explore it at all? Or did you no. just cut and paste? No. Okay. No, just cut and paste. <laughs> yeah, I found it. Uh, I can't even remember. I guess I obviously I saw it in Reddit. So, it was featured as one of the important or hot topics. <laughs> well, I can't I've, imagine why. Well, <laughs> since, it'll, since it'll be in the show notes, and it's a part of a podcast that I've actually listened to at least once while recording it, I uh, will... Uh, <laughs> Uh, probably go check it out and see what, what you can do with this thing. So, yeah, yeah, it looks interesting. They have uh, apps for, uh, I believe there's apps for Android, F Droid, um, and I think there's a beta for iOS. So, uh, yeah, it looks like a full sort of suite of stuff for phones. So, check it out. Yeah, it looks interesting. Yeah, I will definitely take a look at it. All right. So, moving on, we've got some Linux in the ham shop topics for, we shush. Shush, I'm, I'm doing stuff for next episode on this episode. <laughs> Whatever. The, the glare fest has begun. <laughs> anyway, moving on to Linux and the Hamshack topics, let's talk about WSJTX, or at least Bill's going to talk about WSJTX. Oh, my goodness. WSJTX, another version is out quickly after another version is out. So, yes, this is WSJTX 2.2.1 because we couldn't deal with the .o release for more than a few days. Um, there's a bug fix release that's out, so if you've recently downloaded 2.2.0, guess what? You need to download again. Uh, this incorporates a, a revised Hamlib version that addresses a regression in rig control of some rigs, including the uh, popular Yezu FT991 and FT891. Uh, repairs a defect in the six character grid square lookup from the called three dot text database and improve lookup button processing or repair a defect with selecting wide graph 2d spectrum types in translated UIs repairs. Uh, lots of regressions. Jeez. <laughs> I, I always blame stuff on regression too. Anyway, uh, <laughs> remember, remember when science was science and mathematics was turned on their heads when they de developed the concept of the zero. That's yeah. how everything sort of now, now with, um, 
with software releases, we should probably go back and re-abolish the zero. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, basically, and I, and I'm, and I'm not certain that this will be the final version because I am on the develop list for WSJTX and there seems to be a lot of, uh, a lot of back and forth on things might not be quite, uh, quite ready yet. So, uh, don't, don't panic and download this right away. <laughs> Because <laughs> maybe by the time you hear this, we're already on two dot two dot two. But anyway, I thought I would I would tell you that, and I haven't actually upgraded mine yet. Have you upgraded yours yet? I don't even know what version of WSJTX I'm running right now. I doubt it's two point two. Yeah, I haven't upgraded mine either, and I I was gonna just check and see if they've uh, fixed uh, pulling the dev directly off the website because I see their the build is still for eighteen oh four. But I haven't done it yet. <clears throat> I was going to do it right now, but I have realized that I have to do the next story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, I, w- I was actually going to look up and see what version of WSJTX I'm actually running. Let's see. Just because I'm curious now. I am running 212. 212. So, yeah, you're in the last uh, revision. So, there's a lot of improvements in the 2.2. Uh, we talked about that when the RC builds were coming out. Uh, the decoders work a little bit more effectively and stuff like that. So it's definitely worth the upgrade of 2.2 if you can do it. And I just finished downloading mine right here. So I'm just going to go into the downloads directory and I'm running, uh, Ubuntu LTS, uh, 20.0.4. Do you have a PPA for WSJTX? Cause no. I think it's not, you think, no. okay. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm updating Focal right now, so I'm going to see if... Uh, oh, if it's in the repo? It's in the repo, yeah. I don't think it would get there that quick. That would be... Well, even if there's anything later than 212. Yeah, of course not. Let's nope, see. it's not. Yeah. <laughs> 212 is still the latest in the repo. So. so, yeah. So, and then the build also is stupidly broken. Because <laughs> it needs libg Fortran 3 and libreadline 7. Run it in a Docker. So yeah, um, <laughs> the pain ensues still. We need to, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Don has mentioned the WSJTX uh, started crashing on my Raspberry Pi after the latest Buster update. Actually, the problems I saw reported so far in this 2.2.1 are related to the Pi, um, but it might just be performance issues, but uh, who knows. Anyway, so uh, keep an eye on that. Obviously, we're into a new general release, so definitely want to get from 2.2 to 2. Point, or from 2.1 to 2.2 if you haven't done that already. Um, and we'll, we'll be on the lookout for instructions on getting that cleanly into 20.04. I'm not sure why they're not targeting that build since everybody should be on it now. <laughs> they're still yeah. targeting 18.04. Uh, so you can't just download the dev directly off the uh, off the website and expect it to work perfectly. So we'll get back to you on that. Uh, and anyway, let's go over to something else here. So yeah, Linux Mint updates. So we kind of talked a little bit about Linux Mint on the last show, um, and we were talking about that was a it was a feedback, wasn't it? It was a feedback about uh, on the video about getting their Linux Mint nineteen point three to install the uh, ham radio. Pure blend packages, so with which, Rust- which does not work. Well, yeah, it does not work as expected. However, um, it was discovered over there from Leo in the uh, in the uh, Mintcast that uh, if you tell it to install recommends, and I 
spelled that wrong. Recommends. Um, so you do a sudo apt install dash dash install dash recommends space ham radio dash star. Guess what? It actually works. <laughs> but that's because somewhere in mints preferences.d, I guess, in, uh, well, in sources. You don't want to have that always on. Cause like, so this is, I think it's more than just what he said. I think it's more than that too, because why would those be recommended packages? They should be dependent packages, not recommended packages. Exactly. Exactly. But you sort of get the same effect when you do this. And, um, I, everything, everything installed the way it was supposed to. The only thing I noticed right off was that the, uh, the, uh, ham radio menu that is created, it did create it, but it, uh, didn't have an icon so it didn't definitely did not have that package that supposedly installs that uh that, that image file for that particular link but that link is created so it's not perfect but like if you installed this way it would probably work um i don't think i would do what he specifically said which is uh, always have your system do uh, install recommends uh because that's not necessarily what you'll need <laughs> and you might get extra extraneous packages that you don't really need. I mean, there's always recommended packages. It's like, oh, you're installing this. Maybe you should do this. Um, yeah, you, you don't need to do that. Um, but in this case, it does, uh, it does sort of fix the problem with, uh, that we noticed with Mint with this particular package set. But I, I still think there's some inherent problems with how it deals with meta packages. And I haven't dug the dev apart just to see exactly uh, what what is inside. Maybe, so, maybe the problem is that the meta packages in Mint have them set as recommended instead of dependent. Um, possibly. Because if they're set as dependent packages, that should always be turned on, clearly. And if, if it is turned on, it should obviously work. But if if they're not set as dependent, if they're, if the meta packages, if the meta packages have all of the sub sub packages marked as recommended as opposed to dependent, yeah, that that would be the problem. Now I haven't looked at the packages, so I don't know, but it might just be how how it handles it because I'm looking at actually on the Ham Radio Pure Blend packages on Debian.org, and they are listed as recommended. So. There could be more to this because <laughs> also there's another level of, of packages called suggested. Yeah. And there are ones that are called depends. So like inside of like a ham radio Morse, the depends is ham radio tasks. So yeah. yeah. Obviously yeah. there's more to, uh, to look I, into here. Yeah. So I think the story is bigger, but if you want it to at least work, do that, uh, tack, tack, install, tack recommends. And uh, the notes are in the show notes here, of course, how to do that. And yeah, yeah. So at least you can get your Linux Mint all happy in that respect. It's still based on 1804. There should be a new version coming out shortly for the 20.04. They've been talking about it, but I don't know of a release date that's been mentioned as of yet. All right. Very good. That's a handy update. And hopefully that will be helpful to the person that I can't recall who was doing a Linux Mint install. Maybe they switched over to the LHS Ubuntu at this point. Who knows? But anyway, <laughs> uh, so moving on, we have one final topic in Linux in the Hamshack, and that is the application Sig Digger, which is a continuation project for the already deprecated SuScan. It's a 
GTK Plus 3.0 ended up falling short, especially in terms of performance and exposing Suscan's API to C++ paid off. The set of features is more or less the same with a few things missing like estimators, the FAC analysis, or the Berlecamp Massey algorithm. Everybody knows what that is, right? Working on it, still trying to figure out the UI and a lot of additions like a real-time audio inspector, sample recorder, real-time six megas what's the s samples per second. samples per second channel inspection air spy tested lse based snr calculator or gain presents or is that presets well that's a direct copy based off this <laughs> <laughs> i'm not going to assume anything but All right. uh, yeah i tried to make it as customizable as suscan but i am still a cute newbie so expect bugs and there's an app image available for sig digger this came from whoever wrote the github post well, it's actually the readme for the GitHub. <laughs> okay, whatever. So, so apparently yes. there's a Sig Digger GitHub. Yes. Okay. Yes. So check it out. It looks pretty slick. I did download the app image and just uh, kick it off. And uh, he does say, uh, "Wait, why does it look like GQRX?" <laughs> and he responds, "Because he is a terrible person." Also, because after <laughs> dealing with a lot of software sort, I realized that GQRX had the best UI of them all minimalistic yet operative so there you go so check it out it looks like it's uh, definitely uh, growing if you use suscan which i don't think we've ever mentioned on the show in the past i don't um, believe we have yeah I, I couldn't recall it either and i know i you know i'm surprised i didn't mention this when we talked about that uh the, what is it the dragon sdr distribution dragon str something like that yeah i know what you're talking about but uh, yeah yeah because like this was mentioned along with it (laughs) and uh that's how i ran across it again and i'm like wow because this is like a couple months old um but anyway uh it's out there there is a the if you go to the releases in the uh, github account you'll find those uh uh those uh app images there's also a dmg package for uh mac and the release number is version 0.1. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, as good as you get. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a dot O release. Dull. <laughs> so you got to start somewhere. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it should be, uh, it should be pretty cool. It does, it does look pretty neat. I got to get my SDR plugged back in so I can actually, uh, you know, run it beyond just, uh, bringing it up. But, uh, but yeah, the app image ran flawlessly. Well, I'll have to give that a shot. My SDR is still plugged in and I haven't fired up. SDR Angel or GQRX for that matter in quite some time. So I'll have to give it a shot. At least uh, since before I figured out that um, GNOME was screwing up my computer. Well, that has taken us down to the end of the topics for this evening's broadcast. So we're going to bring Cheryl in and she's going to hit us with the social media roundup. Wait, I am? Yeah, you are. Oh, sorry. I was sleeping. Speak up. I was sleeping. <laughs> leave me alone. I don't want to so. leave you alone. I want to poke poke the bear. <laughs> All right, fine. Poke the bear. I don't care. <laughs> so for this this time, our Patreons are Richard Gordon, Andy Webster, Cubicle Nate, Darren King, David Jakeway, Donald Gover, Douglas Rudder, Erna Costales, Herb Garcia, John Spriggs, Peter Caffrey, Paul Griffith, Randolph Smith, Robert Pitts, Samuel Vimes, Steve Metcalf, Steve Sainer, William Heckelman and Jonas Rulo. For our subscriptions, we have Robert Black, Randolph Smith, Robert Halliday, James Lewis, Fred Cole, Michael Bradak, Alan Wilson, Ronald Ike, Michael Conley, Steve Biella, Jim McKenzie, Dylan Engel, Johnny Kenzie, Robert Yerke, Bill Piotr, Darren King, Thor Wiegman, Todd Bowers, Kevin Ivey, John Clark, Bill Collins, Jeff Zimmerman, 
Tony Coberly, Roger Pereira, Jeffrey Boris, Michael Carey, Steve Hepler, and Michael Jopling. Nobody joined us on Facebook. Uh, for Twitter, we have at KE4KE, at JimmyBoo2207175, at Kevna1, at DanielVelez00, at Elmar112, and at the Ray K. On YouTube, we have uh, Des Molesky, and we're going to assume this is Kirill uh, Dogopolov. That, that's, that's what Bill says it is. <laughs> so that's what we're going with. And on the mailing list, Craig Schultz. And there were no merchandise sales this week. All right. Well, that brings us down to the end of the episode. So before we get on out of here, we want to thank everybody who joined us in the chat room tonight. We had a pretty good crowd with us. A lot of the usual suspects. We had Don, KB2YSI, Don, KC9ZMY, Darren, VK6EK, Tony, K4XSS, Ted, WA0EIR, and Paul, KE5WMA. So thanks, everybody, for showing up tonight, being a part of the broadcast and commenting and giving us your insights on some of the topics for tonight's show. We always appreciate those. And they fill in some of the gaps where our knowledge or our research falls a little short. So we definitely appreciate that. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode. We hope you have a good week and we'll do it all again next Monday night. So maybe you can join us then. But if not, hope you uh, enjoy listening to this broadcast. Maybe learn a little something and we'll see you all next time. This has been episode number 350 of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Charles, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux conventional handfest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism.
Linux in the Hamshack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.